This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist, John J.P. Parker, are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everyone. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we are talking about emotional trauma recovery, ETR. Um, You heard it here first. There's oftentimes in life, we have a truckload, a garbage truck full of shenanigans, trauma, abuse, uh, physical, emotional, just stuff that's going on that just piles up and never gets taken to the dump. And today we're kind of talking about how you can move past, get past, move on, grow from emotional trauma, i.e. emotional trauma recovery. BJ, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a great way to start. And uh, off air, we were talking a lot about um, some of the, the new ways, I guess, by way of illustration. Of sometimes you can have situations in your life and you're just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. I think by way of illustration, yeah. JP, yeah. what would you like to say about by way of illustration? <laughs> well, I got two parts. The first part is is pretty sim- well. I don't know if it's simple. It's it's a it's a complicated matter. So we have this wave of people wanting to find out about their ancestry, right? They're mm-hmm. submitting their DNA, whether it's a cheek swab or saliva or whatever people are doing. I'm not doing it, but there's people out there that want to find out and figure out where they from, where they people from, right? And even more so, I'm on the continent of Africa and there's people here that come from certain people groups and they have no idea who their people are. So they're actually submitting their DNA back to the United States to get it processed so they can figure out what No, oh, you're lying. I, get out bro. of here. No, they're not. If I'm lying, I'm flying, as they say. No, they're in Africa, not, not in the continent. I'm telling you, bro, there's people groups out here that have been marginalized and uh, brought here uh, on boats like we were brought there in America on boats. And it's the stuff you don't hear about. Like when the Dutch landed <sighs> in South Africa, they brought slaves from, uh, what was it, uh, Malaysia. And other- we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. <laughs> Plymouth Rock landed on us. Hey, but that's, Go ahead. there's a Plymouth Rock everywhere, bro. <laughs> Goodness yeah, gracious. Man. Go ahead, so, bro. Side note, but we back. So, yeah. So, basically, there is a phenomenon that is kind of underlying the surface with people that there's kind of two camps. Either you want to know or you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And on both sides of those those lines, there's reasons why. And And, you know, I'm making general statements for the people that want to know. They feel like there's a disconnect. There's there's a cultural element that's missing. Although they may grew, have grown up, quote unquote, black or African-American in the United States, there isn't enough U.S. patriotism and hold me down, wave my flag that that allows them just to be satisfied with being American. And then there's, you know, a part of them that feels like, man, like, yeah, it's cool to have this black American experience, but I want to know where my ancestors, where my people's peoples came from. I want to know if there was existence for me before my last name was Parker. You understand? Mm. And so 
even with that, there is some trauma that is underlying the surface of, you know, of, of not knowing, right? I won't say fear of the unknown, but just the unsettled nature of someone not knowing who they are. Because, in, you know, intrinsically, we all want to know who we are. We all want to know where we come from. We're, we're, we're made to yeah. live in clans. We're made to live in groups, right? And when you're disconnected from that, there's a piece of you that's missing. And, and then you have the other side of the people that don't want to know. And again, I'm speaking generically. They could be on the side where, man, it is what it is. I don't need to know. I know who I am. I got my family. I got my wife. I got my kids. I got my grandpa. I got my grandma. I'm good. You know, me and my people, we built America. So we home. And this is all I need to know. And even with that, like, you don't acknowledge the fact that, yo, I'm, you know, unless you are able to trace your roots to some Native American ancestry, there's a very great possibility that this was not your quote unquote home. Like, yes, you, your people may have built this place, but... You know, it wasn't the land that was for you by you intentionally. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you yes, if you if you're intentionally avoiding the fact that you may not be or this this soil may not have been your soil, um, there's something to say with that. But I won't go into the trauma of, of that right now. Um, because uh that's a whole nother podcast in itself. Uh, yeah, so I, I love this point. I love the point that that man, sometimes there is something that's happening that's evident that we may not desire to know about. Yeah that you have evidence of things. You go, man, there's an evidence that something has happened, but I don't want to know. You know, mm-hmm. one thing that comes to my mind is family. Yeah. I think about my family and I think about, you know, there's a lot of great things about my family. But sometimes I'm like, I don't want to ask what happened in this situation that led to us not talking to said family member. Um, I, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to really engage those things. And I, and I think part of the thing for me on a personal level is I realize there's a fear about the known, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you can have a situation where you don't know, and it's cool because you don't know, you didn't ask no questions, and you're not accountable for it. But when you begin to dig in and research and figure out like, hey, I'm you know, I'm overweight. I, I remember even just thinking early on, we talk about this early, this is low-hanging fruit. In the words of JP, uh-huh. low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. Huh? Uh-huh. Low-hanging fruit. I like that. And I remember when Vanjie and I got married and, you know, she was pregnant and uh, they call it sympathy weight. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I called it freshman 15 in college, <laughs> but, you know, this was called sympathy weight. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, I'm going to show a picture one day of me all um, thick and husky uh-huh. Uh-huh. around there, right? Yeah. And so I remember thinking like, man, I'm getting thick, Yeah. but I wouldn't step on the scale. Uh, did you have to wear like Wrangler jeans or Lee jeans? Oh, come on, bro. You going to play me? <laughs> Little Bishop. Little Bishop, you going to play me? Don't you do that. Don't you do you that. You going to play me? You going to play me on our show? We talking right. about you, not me, man. You know what I'm saying? take it so personal, man. Right. <laughs> No, nah, like, bro, like, you see some pictures from that, you like, yo, your neck is thick. Like, you, you like a thick dude, right? Yeah. And yeah. listen, and shout out to my thick people out there. I, I, that's, that's just, that was a lot heavier for me. So here's the thing. I was okay with saying, like, man, I've gained a little weight. Mm-hmm. I wasn't okay with stepping on the scale to know how much I gained. Right, right. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think that's what people do with trauma. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We're okay. We, we're okay with knowing like things may not be right. We're not oftentimes okay with knowing just how bad they are 
and exactly what needs to occur in order for us to fix it. JP, in your life, yeah, what are some things that you've seen where you go like, man, I've somewhat avoided this yeah, to not know just how bad it was? Yeah, what you think? Well, uh, I'm going to throw you a lob. Um, so, you know. Yeah, I love the lobs. Because you love to, love to laugh at my pain. But um, I, this week, one of my former cult associates uh, was blowing up my <laughs> phone. You know, we're on a you know, six, eight hour different time zone situation going Are on. Are y'all on group chat still? Are y'all still on the group chat? No, nah, we didn't. We was before that, bro. <laughs> the group chat was the main line. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Uh, Bishop on the main line. Anyway, so basically, uh, I was like, all right, well, I, I woke up and I saw these text, uh, these these phone calls. I was like, oh, shoot, something must be going on. So then I get a phone call. Uh, when, when I did return the phone call, I should say, come to find out that the the old building in which the cult was contained burnt down. Wow. Right? Somebody burned down the cult building? I don't, hey, bro, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what happened. And so what I'm about to tell you is a part of the whole emotional trauma situation, right? I People were sending me links to articles. They were sending me links to pictures. Um, and when they would talk to me about it, I just had like one word response. It's like, oh, okay, cool. All right. Paula, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to show any emotion. I didn't want to celebrate with the people. Uh, I didn't want to give it any thought. I didn't want to, I just acted like it didn't matter. It doesn't really matter on, on, on to me internally, but the fact that I didn't even want to process or think through or look at the pictures or kind of even play back anything in my mind either shows that I've moved past it and I'm good, or I'm actually trying to pretend as if nothing actually happened and I just want to forget. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And on a level of I just want to forget, that's almost like when somebody knows uncle such and such is that dude that touches everybody in the family, but nobody says anything, right? And that being a very serious and problematic way to handle a person who is a serial either, you know, uh, what word do you want to say? Um, uh, pedophile. Uh, I, was gonna, I was trying to be a little lighter. No, I was, uh, well, yes. I, listen, I was, hold up. Listen, there's some people yeah. listening need to know. Is it called a child molester, a yeah, pedophile? Yeah. Yeah, I keep was going with your kids. Go exactly. ahead. Exactly. So you got that uncle incest, right? That's in the family and nobody ever says anything around, you know, or, ne- or ne- never says anything about. And somehow or another, young children of the family keep getting left around this guy, right? And so kind of, although that's a harsh parallel, that's kind of where you are. That's where I was with this thing. I was like, all right, on one hand, why not acknowledge the fact? Why not look at the pictures? Why not reminisce a little bit or whatever versus having the thoughts of like, the whiz, right? Don't give me no bad news. And then I'm melting, I'm melting, like ding dong, the witch is dead. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. like that's, that's what I wanted to say on some accounts. Like, finally, like, I'm glad that place is done. Yeah, and they burned it down. You know what I'm saying? I right? Somebody, I hired a friend. Right, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't bro, know did you Google about. that joint? Did you Google, did tell me, did you Google Earth that I, joint? I didn't, bro. Somebody, I mean, somebody sent me the links. And so I eventually looked at some of the pictures. But I guess, I mean, the 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 crux of what I'm saying is like, man, there's real healing that can be found in me going through those things and looking mm. at the pictures and saying like, man, like maybe this will lead to freedom for other people. You know, maybe other people now that this building isn't there anymore will lose the attachment and they will lose the the stronghold that's over them to be a part of the situation. But then on the other end, it just reminds me how stupid I feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm. For being a part of that for so long, right? And I'm just like, I don't want to I don't want to deal with that. But if we're talking about emotional trauma recovery, I have to, bro. I have to process that. I have to think through it. I have to heal past it. I have to grow. And it's only going to come from me actively 
participating in the, not necessarily gossiping or backbiting or whatever, but just at least having some kind of inner dialogue about like, dang, like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And really, really thinking through what this means, if not for me, for the other people that may have still been there. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I think I, you just hitting on a great point is that we don't want to acknowledge that that really happened or mm-hmm. that it affected us the way that it did. And mm-hmm. I think that happens individually and it happens collectively. You mentioned family, right? Like yeah. there are sometimes situations in families where there's been like, you know, somebody is not somebody's daddy and we all know it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we don't want to recognize, you know, that cousin, you know, Tom mm-hmm. is not, you know, Jack's son. Right, right. And right. we don't talk about the fact <laughs> that that's not Jack's son because it, to do so would mean to acknowledge all of the implications of the the things that we're trying to uphold. And I think part of emotional recovery is you have to stop lying about the situation. Listen, Whew, we amen, were bro. comfortable with the notion of denial. That's called cognitive dissonance, right? So yeah. people always say, they mention, say, oh, these guys are really smart. No, we just read a lot. And <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot. In the words of urban poet, 21 Savage. Yes, yes. A lot, the, great, right? the great British composer, the yes. Great, the great, right? It was just, just uh, shout out to uh, newly free 21 it, Savage. But what it does is creates cognitive dissonance. It's this idea that you're you're thinking something different than what has actually occurred. And so you are parsing your being in that process. And I think part of the difficulty is acknowledging that that thing actually happened. I was actually, you know, emotionally abused. I was actually sexually abused. I was actually physically abused. That person was actually shot. That mm-hmm. thing actually happened. And I think part of what I hear you saying is, Sometimes just to avoid these things, we immediately go to denial or we just turn a blind eye. So i.e., you know, they tell you that the compound is burning down and everybody's there is like worried and overwhelmed. And so you just turn off your notification as if nothing is happening. And it's like, nah, bro, like your compound, like the people at your compound is burning down, like all the little books, everything is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there's different pieces. There's different things that have happened along the spectrum. But because the things have happened along the spectrum, we tend to believe that we have personal experience. It's not significant enough to grieve. What do you think, JP? What do you view just in this whole culture that loves to overexpress itself? And to tell you what's wrong, what are you just observing about like the culture of denial or even just like emotional trauma? Yeah, what are your what are your observations just on the culture? Yeah, I mean the culture of denial is is it's so funny because we live in this uh, bad cop moment, um, this this <laughs> social media world where you know everybody's chasing clout, everybody wants to put some post up, everybody wants to the RIPs, and you know what I'm saying, so. I think when people go to denial mode, it's really just, it's a defense mechanism, right? That's, that's in place so that you... Explain, explain to us what denial looks like, because I don't think yeah, people get yeah. what denial looks like. Well, I mean, on, on the, the simplest of terms is 
like you said, turning off the notifications, blocking everything out um, so that you don't have to be bombarded with the information, right? That's one way to to go into a state of denial is just to act like if nothing happened and to make sure that you can't receive any more input about the incident, right? Mm, okay. Um, and then on a, I think on a, on a deeper level is to actually know something has happened, that there was a problem, and then choose to ignore it. Ooh. All right. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. Okay. Go ahead. Is that, go ahead. Is that too much? We good? Oh, no, go. Ahead. This is good. This is why you get paid the big bucks. Go ahead. Hey, Make sure y'all build, uh see John Roy at buildabetters.com. <laughs> That's and it. Go check right him out. Go, go ahead, bro. Yeah. So and so you know. So those are the two the two ends of it, right? And there's all kind of stuff in between. Um, but it's 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 just a bad place to be. Um, and mm-hmm. we've talked about it time and time again. You can't ignore away trauma. You can't ignore away um, just the 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 negativity and the hurt and the pain and the past and not wanting to be the fool and not wanting to feel as if you played yourself and all like you can't do that. Um, and so I think the problematic nature of being in denial is that you don't give yourself that space and that time to heal because the ideal if is, you know, it becomes out of sight, out of mind. If I don't think about it, it's not there. Mind you, you know, your, you know, your, your, the circulation to your leg is getting cut off. And it's turning black. And, you know, if you don't deal with it, you're going to have to get that thing amputated. And you'd rather get it amputated than to say, oh, dang, something's wrong with me. Oh, man, yeah. I'm really hurting. Oh, man, I need to do something different. And that, I think that's the problem, man. We, we'd rather keep it moving than deal. Uh, and it just eats us alive. Yeah, I think there's a minimization of the impact that thing has had in our lives, right? Mm, that's, you got to say that again, bro. That's big. Yeah, bro. I do this for a living. Um, you're not the only one. Right? Uh, this is mean, the Build About Us podcast, right? Um, U.S. Yeah, we don't. We don't play out here. So I think we minimize the impact that something has had until it becomes unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard several Ooh. individuals Ooh. who have either gotten into a marriage or they just had enough space to finally breathe. Yeah. And that thing that they're wrestling with, fine, it just hits. Listen, yeah. it might mm-hmm. not hit until you are in your mid-30s. Now think about that, right? Like things that happened when you were 12, things that happen when you were 14, it finally seeks into you. Not only is that not right, that that thing has left a lasting impact on my life. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the most shocking thing. Um, psychologists would call that a coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. It's this the notion that we have learned how to cope with a trauma because we have not necessarily dealt with it but we have covered it up with, you know, active behavior, right? So mm-hmm. that could be drinking. That could be risky sexual activity. That could be, you know, anger and violence. Or that could be work and responsibility, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem with it all is that we don't believe that that thing has actually impacted us until we get to the place where it's unavoidable. I'll tell you a couple of situations that that make it unavoidable. Getting to a place where all of the things that you aspire to do begin to crash, especially as an adult. I'll tell you another one, a crossing point. Mm. Getting to an age where collectively your responsibilities begin to overwhelm you and then it triggers the trauma. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why people live yep. with their grandmother in their 40s and 50s, right? Like yep. bridge, crack, too much weight. Right, yep. you ran this whole time, you denied it, it caught up with you, right? Collectively, getting into a relationship that forces you to be vulnerable 
in ways that are uncomfortable. And then that relationship, i.e. marriage, begins to reveal something deeper. Therefore, instead of dealing with the issue, you blame your spouse for unearthing the issue, right? Yep. And so there's so many ways that we find ourselves in situations by which this thing finally comes to surface. It, it finally unearths itself and we can no longer deny it. Let, well, let me say this. It's no longer this hidden thing that does not have impact on who we are. We just find that in a lot of ways, it it's coming into a place where it's unavoidable, right? This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. What are some ways, JP, in, in your observation that you see like either denial or all these different things? We're talking about trauma recovery. Mm-hmm. Or people just don't want to believe it. It's that bad. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I mean, if we want to look at, you know, pop culture, if we want to look at the, uh, I, I, I hesitate to use Bill Cosby because that has his own no, situation. Do but like, don't do it. You know, the, the R. Kelly's, the, you know, the Weinstein, I don't even know the Weinstein. dude's name. I was, yeah, I was trying to throw him in there because I don't want to just have a bunch of black dudes we throwing out there. But uh, Weinstein, like all these, you know, these, you know, politicians, the the wieners, the, you know, that's a real person's name, by the way. Um, uh, he went to jail for some risky text messages. But anyway, you have these people that are in positions that do things. And because of our love for what they do for us, whether it's music, whether it's television, whether it's politics, I mean, whether it's something that we feel is, is positive, we don't want to acknowledge the fact that they have, in fact, done something that wasn't okay. Mm. Right? And so what happens is, Again, whether it's ourselves, whether it's a family member, whether it's somebody we respect in real life, whether it's an artist or entertainer, as human beings on some level, we just we just want to act as if this is not a thing. Um, and so even when we're faced with evidence or when you say we get to that point in life where it just breaks us down. Well, I mean, you can get to that point and still live in denial. You can still you can be at the point where you are all the way broke say down. That. Say, bro, listen, give us an example. Listen, there's somebody listening right now in denial. Say that. What What are some ways that you like, this is evident, but you're still in denial? Go ahead and walk us through it. Because somebody's in denial. Yeah. Listen to this. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 So I, I can give an example. So there was multiple occasions uh, when I was at my, my, my cult situation where um, you would have a which teenage one? girl. Which time? which time were you in a cult? Which, which I was cult? only one time. There was one time. All right. Okay. There were, there uh, were other right. times. That's, that's objective. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's subjective, bro. Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on, bro. Carry on. Yeah, you yeah, can keep doing me. That's what bro. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, boy. There is, there is shade in the airwaves tonight. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the leader of said cult one time was approached by a girl who said, hey, because of the things you taught in your pulpit, because of the things you told my father and my mother, because of the things that you did actively to make sure that I was rejected by my family and the people of this community, of this church, a quote unquote, the relationship with my mom is ruined. The relationship with my dad is ruined. Dad. I'm semi-ostracized from my brother and sister. And the people that are here that used to be my friend, that we were ride or die, no longer speak to me because they're drinking the Kool-Aid and they feel as, as if I am like the devil reincarnated. Because of something as simple as being a teenager, getting caught up, having a baby, and therefore that means that the child is a bastard. I've actually heard that said, um, that that child is a bastard um, and that people should have nothing to do with you. So said young lady said this directly to the pastor's face, and his response was, no, I didn't. That didn't happen. You're lying. And matter of fact, I'm about to put a curse on you. Because you don't speak, you don't put no. your mouth. On yeah, you don't, you don't put your you don't put your mouth on a man of God. On the prophet, on the anointed, touch that right, right? The anointed. Right. No, he didn't hit it with so, a curse. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have someone that's actively saying, "Hey, sir, you have ruined my life. Mm. You have ruined my life. I did something. You know, hey, you know, babies happen. His life, life goes on. But you, because of what you preached." what you said, what you taught, what you actively said to my family and to my friends. I was ostracized from the community. I was ostracized from my family of origin. And there's been psychological things that have taken place and spiritual things that have taken place as a result that as a grown adult woman, I'm still wrestling and struggling through. And the only thing he could respond was like, nope. And by the way, I'm going to curse you. Dang. He hit it with the silly fingers. He hit I'm it with saying, the bro. Silly like, Still you do right by me. me. <laughs> <laughs> he put two fingers out. That's it, a reference to color purple me. for those of you. Go yeah, ahead. that's that's a reference to color purple for those of you that don't know. But but yeah, so does that does that does that help you understand how denial it, can be? It, it does. Uh, so here, let me tell you what else denial does. Denial, and and I'll I'll give you what I see, especially with couples we will minimize the impact of childhood trauma and amplify the impact of relational trauma in our lives, right? As adults. Yeah. yeah. Therefore, and, and, I, and I think I see why, okay? This mm -hmm. is kind of crazy psychology, okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, We're told, oh I don't, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, I realized I didn't make my point, but go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you. You about, need to make your about, point because I'm about to make I my think point. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no I, I, I think before you say, I'm about to make my point. Go ahead. No, no, I'm about to make profound. my point. Go ahead. I can listen. I'm just saying I can already tell it's going to be profound. So I didn't want to like I didn't want to be thinking I, about what I'm saying I while you're talking. It. I want to pay attention to you. No, okay? I appreciate that. Go ahead. All right. No, Finish. I was going to say the fact that the reason why said pastor could not acknowledge the fact that potentially he may have messed up is because he didn't want to deal with the fact that he potentially messed up, and it wasn't potential. It was that he did mess up. So if this person is coming and telling him directly what he did and how he ruined their life so that he didn't have to reconcile that or apologize or realize and recognize what he did was wrong, he made it that it wasn't the case, that she was lying, that she was exaggerating, that she was doing too much. And the way that I make up for that is I'm also going to put this hex on you to even justify even further, like, hey, you shouldn't even be in here making these comments so that I don't even have to process what you're saying. Wow. That's all. That was, that's part of the denial piece. Okay, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, you can, listen, you good. You good. Okay. 
you made me okay, lose my ahead. point. That, I know. I forget that was going to happen. I've, but I've, hey, I've, but listen though, this is the BBU podcast. We, we just gotta make it, make it flow. You know yeah. what? I, what I was saying is, I th- I think in a lot of times, what's difficult about certain seasons of life is we have proxy to other people in ways that we do not, we didn't have to our parents, mm. and so we have the ability to see our spouse or whoever in ways that we could not have seen our parents, right? Like, you knew your mother worked hard. You didn't know your mother was a poor steward mm. of how she spent her money, right? And I think what happens as adults is when you have unreconciled trauma, like, again, you don't know because it's the air you breathe. Uh, it's the joke mm-hmm. I told you the other day. When the fisherman asked, how's the temperature to the, you know, to the fish? And he said, how's the water? He said, and what's water? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of indicating that a fish doesn't know that it's wet, right? People who experience significant trauma don't realize the depth of how bad that trauma is because mm-hmm. it's always been. And so w- my point in saying that is that when you look at the relationship that we have with an adult, sometimes we can blame what happened in childhood, right? The things that have occurred in childhood on relationships and proxy, right? So you might just blame your coworkers. You may mm-hmm. blame people in your, you know, college. You may blame people in your frat. You may blame people in this thing because to blame your parent would would mean to put yourself in a brand new situation where you don't know how to how to um, relate to some of the primary figures in your life. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think part of what I see in trauma, um, trauma recovery, is that the roots of lots of our trauma precede certain relationships, certain seasons of life. It's just that now that we're in a season of life, we can only identify that which we see in this season, not look back in the past seasons and see how things have always been, right? Yeah. JP, yeah. what are some some ways that trauma can hide itself in our lives, especially as adulthood? We talked about denial. Um, what's some ways trauma can hide itself in our life and be impacting everything that we have? Yeah, I think what what trauma does, if if I'm saying this correctly, is it causes a loss of identity. Mm. Um, and so when we talk about how does it hide, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you think you have, this is just, you know, people say, this is who I am. Um, take me as I am. Um, this is the way God made me, um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever excuse you want to make, or what I shouldn't say excuse, whatever, uh, way in which you want to describe who you are, your personality, your traits, whatever the case may be. And so what trauma does, it creates, uh, or shapes and molds you in such a way that it changes the narrative of who you could have been or would have been had not these things taken place in your life. Wow. For example, no, 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 right? no, 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 no. Go back okay. again. Go <laughs> back again. This is why you get paid the big... Go ahead. JP said it again. All right. So what happens is the trauma that's inflicted upon us, would be it emotional, sexual, physical, uh, verbal, um, it creates a, a narrative for us that offsets who we could be who we should be, who we would have been had this thing not taken place. 
We talking about offset like Cardi B, Migos offset? Nah, that's what? a different type of offset. I'm just talking nah, about like it changes. <laughs> it creates a new one. <laughs> right? It's it's go like ahead. it's like when you play Monopoly and you're and you're actually trying not to go to jail and you roll that third mm. double and you're like, dang. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to go there, right? So it's like, this is the life-altering change. It can be very subtle or it can be very blatant. Um, and so when it's very blatant, you're like, man, ever since JP got into that car accident or ever since JP cousin got killed, man, that dude been different. You know what I'm saying? Um, or it could be something that's like, man, as long as I know you, man, you always been angry. Mm. Um, right? And I get perfect example. Like, my son, and I may have mentioned this before, He's coming out of it, but he lets people bully him. And he looks at he looks to me to like intervene. And I look at him like, bro, you need to do something about that. Yeah. But what I realized is like my son is a peacemaker. But because of how I grew up, ain't no punk. You know what I'm saying? Somebody take your snack, you taking that snack back and you and you firing on that dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a fight. Like, but my son, so somebody will come, take a snack, push him off a slide, do something, whatever. And he'll be like, yo, dad, like, do something about it. And I can't push him to fight or to do something that's out of his nature because if that hadn't if I hadn't grown up in Los Angeles or outside of Los Angeles like I did I probably wouldn't be the, I'd probably be like him now you understand listen, what I'm saying now listen that's a profound point is that yeah. trauma makes you something that from a nature perspective you would not have mm -hmm. been but mm -hmm. because of the nurture you ended up becoming go ahead this is a really strong point go ahead yeah and so I have to be really self like really aware of when those things, when those moments pop up, because it's when I see that thing happen for my son, my trauma tells me to not allow him to experience what I experienced. So now he must fight, right? Now he must protect himself. Now he must stand up for himself or whatever the case may be. What is he? He's a two years old, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Two about two and a third. You know what I'm saying? Two and a half. But hey, man, it ain't hey, hey, listen, he hey. needs to do something. <laughs> he needs to get, get a job. Go ahead. Put them hands up. Do something. You know what I'm saying? So, so, but it's my trauma that's being re-experienced when I yeah. see my kid get bullied, even by his sister. When I tell him, hey, don't let your sister do that to you, that I have to I have to minimize that, right? So what I'm saying is that trauma can make or break you, it can shape and mold you. It can, it can send you to the right or to the left. But the biggest piece of that is that it changes your identity. It can change your identity. Mm. And there is a grieving process that happens in somebody when who they are, who God created them to be, who they should be, is offset by what they've experienced, the trauma that they've experienced. And then that's, that's when you have to kind of deal with those things. And, you know, we can, I can get into those points now. We can talk about it later. But just the no, idea. Get it on. Get it on. Oh, all right. So it's, it's, if you're thinking about the lens of, all right, my soul has recognized I am somebody different than who I should be. Um, it's it's again, How would you know you're something different from... than what you should be is a quick question. Because everybody uh, would believe that they are who they're supposed to be. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, if it, again, honest introspection, as, as I like to talk about here, um, T-shirt, um, it's, it's a matter of, of recognizing that, hey, you spaz out for no reason. You had something minor take place and you went to the 10th, the nth degree to respond to that thing unnecessarily, right? You shut down when you shouldn't shut down. Um, somebody says something slightly uh, offensive or that you disagree with and you can't even concentrate for the rest of the day. Wow. Somebody says something or does something to you that's, that, that should only slightly strike a nerve and you literally want to go home and bury your head in the sand. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of so many. my uh, life right now, bro. That's like my normal hey. life. <laughs> what do you, hey. what are you saying about me, bro. JP? That's my norm. I'm just saying. 
I'm saying somebody step on your shoe and now you want to go to the car and pull out the gun. You know what I'm saying? You lose on the basketball court and all of a sudden you want, you know what I'm saying? Everybody got to, you know, catch a fade. You know what I mean? Like, like it's when you, when you honestly look at your responses to things like PTSD, trauma, like emotional recovery is all about like you recognizing, not all about, but it's a big piece of how you respond to the things that happen to you. Gotcha. Because of how you've been treated or how that trauma came upon you, your body's going to respond in ways to kind of like not have you go there anymore. Good. Does, does that make sense? Like when, when you get mistreated as an adult, when you can actually respond to things, you either shut down because get like, oh, perfect example. I know a guy, big swole bodybuilder, got molested by a dude when he was a young man. This dude showed up at this guy's house. And before he showed up to his house, he called him and said, hey, I know where you live. I'm coming to see you. And the dude is a big, grown, slow man with his own house, living his own life. And when he heard that dude's voice 20 years later, he was shook to his core. Wow. The guy showed up to his house. He hid in his basement and would not answer the door. And finally, when the dude's footsteps, he heard him walking off the porch. He locked the door and, and, and breathed a sigh of relief because he said if he knew that dude would have came into his house, he would have got him and he would have had to re-experience that trauma that he felt as a little boy. So so listen, so one of the things about trauma is you relive the occurrence, that feeling. It's called the amygdala. And you relive it. Your brain is reliving it when you hear, see, smell something that mm-hmm. reminds you of that thing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things about trauma is that whether you know it or not, your brain... Um, what is that part of the brain? The amygdala part of it's called um I forgot the, the type of brain. It's the prehistoric brain, it's the fight or flight brain. Uh-uh-uh. Your fight or flight brain responds, go, you're in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, yep. it could be your wife who burnt the spaghetti, but the way she elevates her voice reminds you of your uncle, reminds you of your mother, reminds you of that situation. And you respond in a way that does not reflect the urgency of the current situation because you are reoccurring trauma in your mind. And so, yes, this is a part of trauma. Part of trauma is even if you're not trying to do it, your brain begins to relive the feelings and the emotions that you felt during that time. And then it mm-hmm. tries to protect you. So when this guy, heard the person who abused, harmed, hurt him, no matter how big he was, his mm-hmm. brain heard that yep. voice and went back to that 18, 19, 15-year-old helpless individual. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Go ahead, JP. Yeah. And I'll try to make it brief, but just the idea that you have this new identity. You have to accept the identity and understand that, man, things are, are, are they may never, I'll, I'll never be that five-year-old again. I'll never be that 12-year-old again. I'll never be that guy that, doesn't know what it's like to get his best friend murdered, right? But you have to accept or, I mean, yeah, you really have to accept it because, it, you know, even with the therapy and the coaching and all the other stuff, you that innocence is lost, right? That, that who you were, that pre-trauma person is no longer there. And I think one of the problems is people try to search for that unknowingly, right? It's almost like chasing the ghost. That first time you got high, now you're a crackhead and you're always trying to get as high as you got the first time and that'll never happen, right? It's all about your brain. And so when people are in denial and they're trying to either get back to that childhood by doing things and never growing up and being like Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, or if they're doing things to overcompensate for that loss, you have to come to terms like with buying a giraffe. Like buying a right. giraffe. 
Go ahead. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it's you have to understand that who you are now is different than who you were before, and it's not a bad thing. Mm. Right. You don't have to chase that ghost. You don't have to relive those dreams. You don't have to go back to that state. It may help in some therapeutic environments to think about life before that event happened because people do that in some therapies. Like, yo, like, tell me about that boy JP that was 12 years old before XYZ event happened. Um, how do you, how do you, you know, happy go lucky, da 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 da, living life like a certain way? But I think you have to mourn that loss of who you were and then understand who you are now and understand that just because you're different is not bad, Good. right? And I think part of the, also part of the recovery is once you've come to terms with, all right, I'm a different person or this is who I am as a result of this thing, you have to map out the good and the bad traits. Like what about who I am now are the things that I need to keep that are good for my relationships, that are good for my people, that are good for me growing and developing? And then what are the things that are bad? Mm. When I, when, when somebody honks at me in traffic, how do I respond? When some, when some, when my wife yells at me and it reminds me of my mom yelling at me, how do I respond? Like identify the negatives so that you can work towards keeping the positives and then adjusting the negatives in such a way that they don't uh, affect your life in the way they have been affecting you. Good. Does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll close with this. This is such a weighty topic. Own it. I think if mm-hmm. you can't name it and how it's impacting you now, you haven't processed it, right? <laughs> Often ask people like, how did, how did the trauma from childhood, how is it impacting the, your relationships in adulthood? And mm-hmm. if you can't specifically tell me, you haven't really processed it yet. And so what I would say is, is that, man, it, the need to own it is even more imperative because it takes the weight off of the people who you're around. And it, and it, it then properly responds to the, the relationships that in some ways that actually cause those things, right? And so I think the ability to do that, and, and then last thing for me, is stop making it up as you go. You know, there are plenty <laughs> of individuals, right? Like yeah. we'll go to like a physical doctor because of our physical bodies. We're not going to emotional doctors. And, you know, many of us have been beat down so badly. And so we kind of don't even know how bad it is. And what I would say is practically, don't go through the de- guesswork of something that's very complex, like neuroscience, which is your brain. And then have a shade tree mechanic come look at it and pay him five dollars to help. Right? Like find people who are experts on the brain, on trauma, and work with them in ways that reflects the dire need for you to grow in a specific way. JP, where can people find? I I know we're talking neurology, we're talking trauma, all that. Where can people find some potential help as they hear us process this? Man, one of the greatest resources you'll ever find yourself going to and needing is the Build a Better Us website, um, buildabetterus.com. Go to get involved, um, find a mm-hmm. life coach, and start the process, start the healing. You know, get to the point where you realize forgetting is not what you need and working through and processing is the best way to kind of cope in this post-emotional um, trauma recovery. Absolutely. Yeah, because our job is to help you become a better you. So that we can become a better us. All right. Make sure you leave a comment um, and also share your favorite episode online on your socials and tag us at BJ116 and then at C. John Roar. And we'll make sure we send you a special gift. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. 
You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast.